Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. This is entertainment writer Jim Hill, and I am recording this week's episode on Sunday, September 4th, 2022. Now, normally, I don't record this podcast as late in the week as this. More to the point, I typically record the show with my co-host, the amazing Aaron Adams. But back when I was in the Army, which was, dear Lord, almost 40 years ago now, I, I was in the service from March of 83 through the spring of 87, there was this phrase that our base commander once used that I absolutely loved. I, that this would have been Major General Robert F. Mullinelli. Uh He was in charge of Fort Devens from June of 85 through July of uh, 86, I want to say. Anyway, Fort Devens, where I was stationed, teeny tiny military base, central Massachusetts, was for a time home for the 10th Special Forces and 39th Engineer Battalion, regularly used for Army Reserve and National Guard units from all around the six New England states, and base closed in, in March of 96. Um, I was talking about a phrase that General Mullinelli uh, used once. He was referring to an incident that happened on base. I want to say it was a training accident at South Post where uh, things went south. And, uh, you know, they, <laughs> I believe the, in the military world, they, the word they use is snafu. And uh, because we have a family-friendly audience, I will tell you that snafu stands for situation normal, all fudged up. Um, anyway, uh, General Mullinelli got asked by the local press what had gone wrong with the training exercise. He just turned to the reporter and said, we were overtaken by events. I, I fell in love with that phrase. Uh, that's the verbal equivalent of a get-out-of-jail-free card, something you can use in virtually any situation. It's, Why are you late for dinner? I was overtaken by events. Why didn't you turn in that term paper on time? I was overtaken by events. Why didn't you post your podcast on its usual date and time? I was overtaken by events. Seriously, that last one is true. At this point, we are just four days out from the start of the D23 Expo, which, if you make your living, as I do, covering the Walt Disney Company, is the equivalent of the Super Bowl. And out ahead of Nancy and I flying out to California on Wednesday to begin three days of activities at the Anaheim Convention Center, uh, well, there was and still is so much to do that, uh, as I just said, we were overtaken by events. I fell behind schedule. And rather than make poor Aaron wait around until I actually got my act together this week, I cut Mr. Adams loose so he could then go off and enjoy a well-deserved long Labor Day weekend. I would handle this show solo uh, when I, I finally got around to writing this thing, I mean. Which is now today, Sunday, September 4th, 2022, which is when Spider-Man No Way Home, the more fun stuff edition, which Sony Pictures just put back into theaters this past Friday, September 2nd. Uh, it's currently duking it out with Top Gun Maverick to see which special effects-filled film will come out on top of the domestic box office for the long Labor Day weekend. Now, we're, we're not exactly talking about huge box office totals here. It looks like, uh, according to what the folks at Deadline are, are putting out there, by the time Monday night rolls around, both of these very long-in-the-tooth releases, and, and when I say that, think about it, Spider-Man No Way Home originally debuted in theaters back in December of last year, whereas Top Gun Maverick yeah, premiered somewhat earlier, you know, uh, or somewhat sooner. It showed up your local multiplex back in May of this year. Anyway, these two films are both projected to sell something around $7 million worth of tickets over the four-day long Labor Day weekend. 
Um, now, what kind of hindered these two films from doing better at the North American box office this past weekend? Well, did you hear about National Cinema Day? Uh, this was held yesterday, Saturday, September 3rd, where some 3,000-plus theaters around the country offered $3 tickets to all of the movies they were showing at that time. I, I, I'm told we're talking about some 30,000 screens around the country doing a full day of discounted admissions, um, which I don't need to tell you uh, would have a sizable impact on the overall box office potential for the long Labor Day weekend. From what I've been told, though, both exhibitors in the studios were willing to make this temporary monetary sacrifice if this then brought back to theaters those still somewhat hesitant moviegoers. So, look, you know, even though we're supposedly in the waning days of the pandemic, there's still a lot of folks who are reluctant, you know, to, to do things that involve crowds, and that would mean going back to their local multiplex. So, so the hope was... If they dangled a $3 movie ticket as opposed to the usual 10 or 12 that might get people who still had COVID-related concerns to, to you know, head on out to their local movie theater. And interesting thing is the studios tried to use this as an opportunity to get people excited about the movies that are then coming into the fall. Uh, in, in fact, what was interesting is at each of these $3 screenings, uh, there was supposedly a four-minute-long sizzle reel played out ahead of each film that then showed footage from uh, eagerly anticipated movies like Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Avatar, The Way of Water. And then after this is real, there were actual trailers for a lot of these movies, which is a polite way to say that a lot of people went home from these $3 screenings being very, very aware that the Black Panther sequel will be arriving in theaters this year on November 11th. Oh, I guess um, we should also mention, uh, given, again, that Spider-Man No Way Home, the more fun stuff edition, uh, debuted on Friday. Uh, what the buzz is about that. And basically, uh, this extended cut of, of that John Watts movie, uh, uh, to be blunt, it's, it's kind of front-loaded, which means there's, uh, there's a lot of new scenes in, in No Way Home in the front part of the film, the, the part of the Spider-Man movie prior to when the Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Electro, Salmon, and Lizard show up. So it's more Peter, MJ, and Ned at school. Uh, you know, more Flash Thompson. Uh, you know, and more teachers. And, you know, and now mind you, I, I, I've heard this early stuff, this extra footage. It, it is funny, but it doesn't necessarily move the No Way Home story along. Uh, what's kind of interesting is in the the new end credit for Spider-Man No Way Home the, in the Fun Stuff Edition, it does tie the story back to school. If Tom Holland does come back and do another Spider-Man trilogy, does it mean we're going to be returning to the Midtown School of Science and Technology? I, for me, that seems unlikely, right? I mean, when No Way Home was ending, we actually watched uh, Ned and MJ in the coffee shop opening their college acceptance letters. And, and more to the point, given that Peter's existence is the world's memory of, of Mr. Parker had been erased by Dr. Strange's spell, so I don't see him voluntarily going back to high school. Well, all right, anyway, that's some of the Marvel-related news from earlier this weekend.
And as always, the news portion of today's show is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. Okay, so what happened earlier this week? Um, well, we got another killer episodes of She-Hulk uh, over at Disney+. Plus. Um, now, I know back when Marvel Studios was initially working on this limited series for Disney's subscription streaming service, Aaron and I shared what we were hearing from the set of the show, which involved weeks of reshoots as they struggled to get a handle on the precise tone and style of this legal procedural sitcom with superhero elements. Um, well, I am pleased to report that as of episode three, She-Hulk is really hitting its stride, at least as far as this whole breaking the fourth wall thing goes. Tiana Mansley uh, now seems hugely confident as she turns to the camera and, and says things like, ooh, nice job linking up the A story and the B story. Or I promise that this won't be one of those shows where I have a big MCU-related cameo every week. Speaking of which, though, I, I have to say that, you know, there's a lot of male Marvel superhero fans out there uh, who kind of outdid themselves uh, with their reaction to episode three, especially that mid credit scene where the She-Hulk is seen twerking in her office at GLK and H, along with Megan the Stallion. I mean, <laughs> you guys did catch the earlier part of this week's episode where, uh, where the She-Hulk production team actually made fun of guys who comment online about how they feel threatened by female superheroes. So uh, for you guys to be spoofed and then clearly not get the joke, leaning into complaining about She-Hulk and, and Megan twerking into Jennifer's, Jennifer Walters' office, uh, it's look, guys... Being clueless and humorless is not a good look, especially when it comes to She-Hulk Attorney at Law, which is hyper-aware of the world that's continuously, affectionately spoofing. Um, case in point, uh, Tim Roth this week uh, did an interview with The Hollywood Reporter where he talked about coming back to play Emil Blonsky, The Abomination, some 14 years after he first played these characters in The Incredible Hulk, which, remember, Universal Pictures first released to theaters back in June of 2008. Of course, in that movie, Bruce Banner and the Hulk were played by Edward Norton. And in today's MCU, Mark Ruffalo now essays those two roles. And on set, Roth, as he was shooting a scene with Ruffalo actually riffed on that a little bit. According to this this interview in The Hollywood Reporter, Tim and Mark first look at one another, and Roth supposedly says, I, I was like, you put on weight. There, there's something about you, you know? So, so it was that kind of stuff. We messed around. And, and by the way, we were encouraged to improvise and play. That's how we dealt with the recasting. So look, She-Hulk clearly has a sense of humor about itself, Whereas a, there's a vocal subset of Marvel fans, male fans, who do not. <sighs> Which genuinely makes me kind of dread what's going to happen next year when Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur appear on Disney Plus and, and also over on Disney Channel. Disney believes strongly in this new animated series, which will debut in 2023. 
They've already got a series of books planned to hit store shelves to help support Moon Girl and Dinosaur. Uh, they're going to have titles like One Girl Can Make a Difference and Care Today, Gone Tomorrow, and, and, and This is Moon Girl. Uh, these will go on sale on August 1st, 2023. But the fact that Moon Girl and the Devil Dinosaur is built around the adventures of Lunella Lafayette, a brilliant 13-year-old African-American girl, who lives on the Lower East Side in present-day New York City. Well, given that character description, it sounds like it. This is going to situation is going to be wind up being Ms. Marvel revisited with, you know, with the same set of guys who complained about Iman Vellani's portrayal of Kamala Khan. Now whining about how unlikely it is that a hundred. Pound teen girl could ever control a 10-ton T-Rex. To which you say, okay, so that's unlikely. But a 15-year-old boy from Queens who shoots webs out of his wrist, that's believable. I mean, you guys are perfectly okay with him joining the Avengers to take down interplanetary threats. Guys, it's just a comic book. And, and there's this thing called suspension of disbelief. So... Instead of actively trying to find new things to be offended by, here's an idea. Sit back and enjoy yourself. Revel in a tale well told that features a female superhero rather than a guy. I mean, you do remember that all the guys we meet in the MCU aren't necessarily heroes? Speaking of which, uh, did you see where Ben Kingsley... After he reprised his role as Trevor Slattery in Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings last year, is now coming back to the MCU. Um, word came in just last week that Kingsley's character, who, let's remember, is the failed actor who poses the Mandarin in Iron Man 3 back in 2013, is coming back to the MCU canvas. Slattery is supposed to show up again in Wonder Man, a new Marvel Studios-produced limited series that will then supposedly show up in Disney Plus sometime in late 2023, early 2024. Now, according to the logline provided by Disney and Marvel Studios, this Wonder Man limited series will follow Simons Williams, who in the Marvel comics, anyway, is this scion of a, a wealthy industrial family. That said, Williams' family's company constantly loses out on contracts and, and such to Tony Stark's Stark Industries. Uh, in an effort to turn the situation around, Williams supposedly contacts Baron Zemo. Right? Remember him from Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Likewise, uh, Captain America Civil War. Uh, who then gives Simon's extraordinary abilities such as super strength. Uh, Wonder Man initially starts out as an adversary of the Avengers, but over time, this anti-hero eventually joins up with them. Now, um, to me, that sounds like an awful lot of story to tell in a single one-season run. So one wonders if Wonder Man is deliberately being set up as, as a multi-season show. Uh, Aaron and I will share any additional casting news on that show as it comes in. Um, speaking of Aaron, I wanted to double back to this week's episode of She-Hulk for a sec. 
As soon as that show debuted on Disney Plus this past Thursday, Mr. Adams reached out and immediately wanted to make sure that I understood how significant it was that Jennifer Walters had a run-in with the Wrecking Crew. Those are the guys who tried to beat her up in in the alley only to have Jennifer turn into the She-Hulk and proceed to, you know, knock those guys all over the place. Um, The Wrecking Crew have evidently been a part of the Marvel Comics world since November of 1974. Now, mind you, uh, the Wrecking Crew has traditionally been one of Thor's foes. That's likely why... Jennifer made that joke to the effect of, you guys stole equipment for an Asgardian construction team. Um, But now you have to wonder about who that boss. Uh, You remember Wrecker said to Thunderball, uh, again, the boss isn't going to be happy uh, when they tried to score a sample of of Jennifer's blood. So we're going to wonder who that is. But anyway, we're just three episodes in, six more to go, so hopefully uh, they'll clear up that mystery before we finish our our initial run of She-Hulk and Tourney at Law episodes. Oh, uh, and and speaking of Marvel Studios shows on Disney+, Plus, just last night, the late, great Chadwick Boseman uh, was awarded a posthumous Creative Arts Emmy. Uh, his family accepted this award for outstanding voiceover performance. Uh, this is in recognition of uh, Bozeman's work uh, reprising his role as T'Challa in Marvel Studios' animated series Marvel What If. Okay, I, I know, you're getting this show late this week. But, but again, I, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that when Marvelous's Disney finally made it out the door, you had some timely news. Though that said, not everything on this week's show will be timely. On the second half of today's show, we'll be talking about the Avengers Campus at Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris, which opened back on July 20th of this year. And we'll also be talking about the Hotel New York, the Art of Marvel, which opened at the Disneyland Paris Resort back in June of 2021. But first, this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Uh, a lot of the info I'll be sharing with you right now comes from The Art of Disneyland Paris by Jeremy Neuer and Matthias Dugonjon. 
this 202-page hardcover first went on sale on July 5th of this year in honor of the 30th anniversary of Disneyland Paris's grand opening back in April of 1992. And by the way, I want to take a moment here to thank the very kind people who helped me acquire a couple of copies of The Art of Disneyland Paris, as well as the Hotel New York, The Art of Marvel poster book, which I then shared with Mr. Tester and a few other folks I do podcasts and video shows with. Thanks again to Anthony, Kate, Joe, and Chris, and I know I'm forgetting somebody else. I, I'm sorry about that. Um, kind of ironic that uh, Nancy and I are headed out to this year's D23 Expo uh, later this week because we got initially got word about the Avengers Campus Project, and I want to say... It wasn't the 2017 edition. It was probably the 2019 edition of this Ultimate Disney Fan Event. Okay, so to explain, Adventures Campus is a revolutionary concept supposedly thought up by Tony Stark, who who realized that the world needed more heroes. Uh, This is the backstory the Imagineers cooked up for this part of the park. So to inspire recruits to come forward and realize their potential... He created three interconnected campuses around the world, uh, the first of which opened at Disney's California Adventure Park in California back in June of 2021. Now, as for the Parisian version of Avengers Campus, the third campus, which was to be built at Hong Kong Disneyland, was originally supposed to open in 2023, though my understanding is the pandemic may have tripped up that plan. I'll, I'll dig and see if I can get us some more information for a future show. Anyway, the Parisian version of Avengers Campus was built on the site of the former backlot at Walt Disney Studios Park, uh, again, at the Disneyland Paris Resort. Again, you have to understand that this was a, a, a theme park that celebrates movies. So the ideas of, of these shows, which debuted at the park, I want to say in March of 2002, uh, were to take you behind the scenes on film production. So there was uh, the Armageddon special effects show. There was the lights, motor, action, outdoor stunt show. Uh, there was even uh, a roller coaster, a uh, rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith that tried to recreate the, the, the feeling of going to an, an Aerosmith concert with light towers and fog machines and the like. But today... Well, the whole idea going into the Avengers Campus project is that it needed to be more immersive. More to the point, it really needed to be connected to a Disney franchise. And in this case, that was Marvel Studios. Also worth noting that with the opening of of Avengers Campus is just the first step of a multi-year expansion of Walt Disney Studios Park. In fact, as we're talking here, our construction is already underway at, on a 10-acre lake that will become the new heart of that theme park. This, this lake is being designed from day one to be a 360-degree entertainment area. Uh, it will be loaded up with the latest technology featuring fountains and sound and, and light special effects with the notion that there'll be breathtaking water shows staged during the day and especially at night. 
uh, more to the point along the edge of this lake, they are about to build a recreation of Arendelle from Frozen, uh, which will include the village and the castle and standing behind it will be a 40 meter high mountain so you know works underway on that i i understand 2024 but again that that's frozen and we're going to talk about marvel anyway in order to transform the back lot at walt disney studios park at disneyland paris uh, more than 300 Imagineers worked in design, architecture, engineering, planning, and construction management, likewise project management and set design. In addition to that, 200 uh, workers from 70 different construction companies and more than 200 subcontractors uh, were involved in the project. Now, important to understand here that the California Adventure version of Avengers Campus was supposedly built on the site of a Stark Motors plant from, uh, you know, the, the early 1940s. Uh, this is where Howard Stark, Tony's dad, was trying to build that flying car that we initially saw showcased at the, the 1939 New York World's Fair in, uh, the, the, I want to say, the front third of Captain America, the first Avenger. Now, the backstory for the Parisian version of Avengers Campus is a little more complicated. Avengers Campus was originally an industrial complex built by Howard Stark. Again, supposedly the, the flying car idea. But, but this was during World War II. And to be honest, this industrial complex was actually a cover for the covert operations of the SSR, which was the forerunner of the Marvel organization that we all know today, S.H.I.E.L.D., in both cases, uh, both the California and Paris Avengers Campus, when Tony Stark got this idea about doing these interconnected uh, campuses around the globe, you know, he, he looked for properties that his family owned and, and then decided to reclaim and revitalize these buildings that have basically been built back in the 40s. Um, and, and also, Tony being Tony, he folds in his, his own love of modern design. So if you go through this side of the park, you can see, again, a, a building that screams 2022 that, you know, still has a side or an annex that's clearly left over from the 40s. So it's this kind of an interesting thing for Disney that, that as you're walking through, you, you do get a sense of history of what was here before and what's here now, uh, which, by the way, makes this side of the park much more realistic than, than a lot a lot of areas at uh, Disneyland Paris. From uh, an imaginary point of view, what's genuinely intriguing about Avengers Campus, especially in regards to what was previously located in this part of Walt Disney Studios Park, the back lot, is that guests can no longer just passively watch shows that then take them behind the scenes on how movies and TV shows are made and, you know, uh, you know that sort of thing. With the Avengers Campus, people can't help but have immersive experiences. Guests are no longer allowed to merely be spectators. They have no choice. They have to become a full-fledged part of the story. Um, oh, also, again, kind of interesting thing that the Imagineers kind of leaned into, especially... Uh, you know, what we've been seeing with the, the last couple of uh, MCU films, which, you know, touch on the multiverse. Avengers Campus exists in a parallel timeline to the one we know in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or for that matter, what's going on right now in the Marvel comic book line. Uh, that's why in this world, 
Tony Stark is still alive. And, and more to the point, we all know who Peter Parker and Spider-Man are. Anyway, when it comes to bringing superheroes into this world, well, Tony Stark supposedly believes there, uh, believes there are very distinct steps in this process. Uh, there's research and development of new technologies. Uh, that's what guests will experience when they visit the Spider-Man Web Adventures ride. Uh, likewise, Aven the Avengers Assemble Flight Force Coaster. There's also, you know, you, you got to get in shape, so there's physical training, and, and guests can do that by heading over to this park's Hero Training Center. And then, of course, you know, you, you need your gear. So, you know, this is when you swing over to the, the gift shop at Stark Factory. Uh, likewise, uh, there's also scientific experimentation, which, um, judging by the weird food that's being served over at Pim Kitchen, that they're doing every day over there. Also, Stark supposedly believed very strongly that the Avengers have to lead by example, which is why he set up that gateway portal in the Parisian version of Avengers Campus, which means throughout the day, various Marvel superheroes, after they complete missions around the globe or off-world, will suddenly drop in to interact with the new recruits. And I, I have to tell you, folks, I had no idea that uh, the story at Avengers Campus was going to be this involved. And again, the Imagineers are, are, are known for their attention to detail, and, and, and that's the thing. You really got to, you can't just focus on the rides. You got to pay attention to the world you're in. Like, for example, if you look up over the entrance to the Avengers Assemble Flight Force building, uh, you can see a Quinjet parked on the roof. Uh, likewise, if you, you, you look over to the exterior of that same ride building, there's this giant curved screen, uh, which is actually an interface for Friday, Tony Stark's virtual assistant. His 20, mission 24-7 is to monitor the campus and, and detect potential threats from Earth or, or, or space. And what's kind of cool about what the Imagineers have done with, the, again, the curved surface of the Avengers Assemble Flight Force building is... Um, what they've set up there, the, the technology, actually reacts to ambient sound and movement. And so, uh, you know, what you'll see during the day, and especially at night, uh, when, you know, Avengers Campus is so beautifully lit up, is you'll see people interacting with, with Friday and, you know, having their movements echoed or, or having the colors on the wall react to what's going on. And again, as, while we're talking about the upper level of the land, the Avengers use the roof line space of the campus buildings for training. I, like, for example, directly above the, the Spider-Man web adventure. And um, what's kind of interesting is the decision that was made for Paris was they, I, I, I know many of you are aware of the Stuntronic Spider-Man that regularly makes appearances uh, at Disney's California Adventure. They, they don't have that here, but they do have a crazy number of cast members dressed up as the Marvel superheroes who were, you know, running around the, the roof line or, uh, you know, down interacting with guests. So um, if you're a Marvel fan, you're, you're really going to have fun here. And we were just mentioning the, the lighting, especially at nighttime. Uh, Avengers Campus is well worth seeking out. The, the entrance uh, to this new land at Walt Disney Studios Park is all lit up in, in Marvel red and blue. And uh, what's especially cool is they've put down 
reflective paving stones that, that go through the land. So all of the lighting that's around you gets reflected below you. And But what's kind of intriguing is, is you know, if you're a Marvel fan, this is a must-see. But what's also a must-see, and it's only a 10-minute walk away, is Disney's Holly, excuse me, Disney Hotel New York, The Art of Marvel. Now, mind you, this is an opening day hotel uh, that was designed by noted architect Michael Graves. Uh, 561 rooms that were done in the Art Deco style of the 20s and the 30s. So it, 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 it started off life as a celebration of New York City of that era. However, with the announcement of the Avengers Campus Project, Disneyland Paris decided that it needed an on-site hotel that would then celebrate the arrival of this Disney-owned IP to France. So the Hotel New York... Uh, closed in October of two, uh, 2018, was only initially supposed to be a two-year-long rehab, but uh, the pandemic kind of tripped that up. This redone, spectacularly redone hotel uh, opened to the public on June 21st, 2021. And uh, look, the Hotel New York, the Art of Marvel, is now the destination at Disneyland Paris if you're a Marvel fan, because... Uh, what it manages to do is it it's a celebration of the contemporary sophisticated New York, but at the same time it, it, it also leans into the history of the House of Ideas, you know, Marvel Comics. And um, there are amazing pieces of artwork done by noted, Folks who've worked on the Marvel films, folks who've worked on the comics, like Stephanie Hahn, Olivia Coppell, Ryan Maynardlingney, Rudolfo Ray, Kaz Umori. And I, I have to tell you, they published a book, the Disney Hotel New York, The Art of Marvel poster book. And it, it's all I can do not to tear this thing apart and start sticking these things up on the wall. It includes 20 posters and, and and the catchphrase of the book is bring bring home the masterpieces from a hotel filled with heroes and i uh i have to say you know there's at least a couple of folks i have to call out who've done pieces for the hotel that are, are showcased in this book that are just spectacular i mean liam brazier uh has done a, a quartet of stylized paintings of uh well it's captain america spider-man Captain Marvel and the Hulk that are, are, are beautiful. Likewise, uh, Rodolfo Reyes has done this just flat out wonderful. Also in the, the Artico style of Thor, Iron Man, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and Captain America. Uh, you know, at, at the same time, Van Orton has done this. It's not impressionistic. It, it's wildly colored quartet. Uh, for the whole Captain America, Captain Marvel, and Black Panther. And I, I would be remiss if I did not mention Michael Walsh's flat-out beautiful... It, it's Spider-Man web-slinging across Manhattan on a moonlit night. And it is just, you know, I mean, again, you want to take these things out and frame them. Uh, likewise, Julian Tatoni Tedesco... Uh, did a Spider-Man by day by the Brooklyn Bridge. What's beautiful about what Julian's done with this image is you can see his spider sense is tingling, and it just but great strong image. 
books ridiculously well worth seeking out. Likewise, again, if you're going to make the trip over to Disneyland Paris and you're going to the Avengers campus, you have to, have to, have to make your way over to the Hotel New York, the Art, the art of Marvel, uh, because between the, the costumes from the film, props, it's like you get to stay in a museum uh, uh, that celebrates the MCU. And, and in addition to all of this great art from the Marvel comics. So, well, anyway, um, I apologize. I know this is a shorter show than you usually get, more to the point. I, it's just been me, and believe me, nobody misses Aaron Adams uh, on this show more than I. Uh, and if you do miss Aaron, I want to point out, you can find him on social media by heading over to at Azaprod. Uh, he's always posting fun stuff over there. Uh, likewise, we have a presence on social media as well. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as Jim Hill Media. And on Facebook is Jim Hill Media News. Uh, let's see. And we also have a couple of other podcasts here. We've got, uh, of course, The Mothership, uh, Disney Dish, which I do with Len Testa. We also have uh, Fine Tuning, which I do with Drew Taylor, normally, about animation news. Though, again, that show got kind of tripped up by D23, but not to worry. We'll get something out the door. Uh, likewise, we have Looking at Lucasfilm with Brian Gahn. Uh, he and I will be recording a brand new episode of that tomorrow. So tell you what, folks, if you could do me a favor, uh, and Aaron as well, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and recommend uh, what you've been listening to today. Likewise, if you really, really, really like what you hear here, if you want to head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, that would be helpful. And I think that's going to do it for this week, which means now I really have to go get started packing. So... Uh, we'll be back with a brand new episode just as soon as I get back from uh, D23 and hopefully get to share everything that they, they told us at the uh, Lucasfilm and Marvel Studios panel. But till then, you folks take care, okay?